You're now listening to Cinco Squad. OP, because I won the ninth place game. <laughs> oh, okay. So I got it. I survived. Uh, Trey, you gotta get OP's mailing address because this bad boy is going to him. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, buddy. We back again for episode 91. This is Cinco Squad. My name is Jonathan Sawyer, repping my Go Blue as it's championship week. With me and my brothers, Trey Day, Mike A, and Grandpa J. Fellas, happy new year. Merry Christmas. We're going into 2024 strong. How you guys doing today? Jazzy. Very, very good. It's the most. Yes, yes. I would like to. I would, like to congr- I would like to congratulate our back-to-back champion of the Cinco Squad League, Tra- Mr. Trey Day. Trey Day, do you want to say a few words? Yeah, you better thank Keenan uh, Allen for being out. I would like to thank my mama. Uh, I would like to thank the fantasy football guys. I would also like to thank uh, Keenan Allen, you know. Me him go way back. I had him last year, and he helped me get the first championship. I put the call in the key and told him, you know what? Go ahead, rest. Brandon Staley's gone. Herbert's gone. You don't need to go out here and take these reps. I would like to thank CMC. I would like to thank Lamar Jackson. Uh, I would like to thank the real coach Harbaugh, not the Michigan Harbaugh, but the real Harbaugh for making sure Lamar – I said the real Harbaugh, the one who didn't have a camera on the sideline for making sure Lamar, you know, stayed healthy this year. So, you know. We're going for three. This is Shaq and Kobe here. We're going for three. Trying to become the Boston Celtics, L.A. Lakers is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, congratulations to Trey Day. He's our back-to-back champion. And this year I did not finish in last. Who finished in last this year? OP, because I won the ninth place game. (laughs) Oh, okay. So I got to – I survived. Uh Trey, you got to get OP's mailing address because this bad boy is going to him. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. That's going to him. Congratulations on you for your reigning champ, Mr. Trade on repeating as the Cinco Squad fantasy football champion. He retains the crown after beating yours truly very soundly in the finals matchup. I made a pretty big boo-boo, but I'm not going to talk about that because his team would have outscored my team regardless of whether I didn't make that boo-boo or not. But want to congratulate him on putting together a great draft and his players hit at the right time. He needed about roughly 40 to 50 points. He ended up getting 70 points from Christian McCaffrey, the real MVP. Lamar Jackson, the now new favorite MVP. And Justin Tucker scored like more points than most of the guys on my roster as his kicker. So congrats, straight A. Well done. Me, on the other hand, I moved up from fourth to second. And you know I'm coming for that crown next year. Because there ain't going to be no three-peat in the Cinco Squad Fantasy Football League. But as we wrap up this year-end show, we thought we'd put a little spin on it. We're going to have a fun show tonight. Talk college football playoff. And then we have our first ever Cinco Squad award show. Got five five categories. We're going to go through each of us after we get through all the college football playoff talk. But I wanted to thank, do one, one special shout-out to everybody who has supported us throughout this whole entire year. 2023 was an amazing year. We have grown so much with our subscribers, followers, 
everything from, you know, thank my wife for Malin for helping us out with logos designs, the sign behind us, um, all the people that have allowed us to come to games and cover them. We really appreciate it. We're so excited for 2024 and uh, appreciate everybody's support moving forward. Yes, thank you. Yep. Yeah, yes, sir. We're talking about course, Listen up. It's never too early to get fresh. We got a promotion here. It's done with a group called Fans Idea. They make dope jerseys, just like this one you see right here. You can customize the jerseys, get your own type of logo, maybe do something for the family, for a family reunion. Just get fresh. They do jerseys, hats, t-shirts, shirts, whatever you need, they got it. That's where you need to go. But use that Cinco Squad link, Cinco Squad 10. It'll get you 10% off, so go ahead. Click that link. All right, crazy golf heads. Shag and golf. That's the place for all your gear. Cinco Squad, you got a 15% discount. That's one five, 15%. I know you guys need some new gear coming up. You know, there's always a reason to swag your bag out more. So head over to Shankit Golf and get yourself something so you look fly in the golf course this winter. I mean, that's basically if you live in Florida or you got to fly down to Florida to play golf. So Shankit Golf, get you all swagged out. Cinco Squad, 50% discount. That's 15% discount, Cinco Squad. And of course, we're going to go right into what's on Mike's mind, our signature, who keeps killing it. Take it away, well, Mike. So uh, we're, in, we're in the midst of the heat of bowl season, going into the college football playoff and the championship and the New Year's Six Bowls. Is, we're all very excited, I know, for that. And we will get to talking about that in a moment. So I bring you a bowl effect. Wow. I know. It's a bowl Let's go bowling. Uh, it's not a bowling fact. It's a bowl fact. So I'm sorry for all you bowling fans out there, but I don't have a bowl. I, I can get Did you know there was kind of bowl everybody. Not that one either. <laughs> no, there are ten pins. There are, there are ten pins or one gram. <laughs> exactly. But in college football. Uh, back in the 50s was a wild, wild west time in college football where there are a lot of weird rules. Mm-hmm. But there was one particular weird rule that applied to bowl games that I couldn't believe when I read it. In 1954, specifically, if you, as a college football program, played in a bowl game, any bowl game, you were then barred from playing in any bowl game in 1955. What? What? If you again, if you played in, let's say you are any college football program, you play in a bowl game of any right. kind in nineteen in the year nineteen fifty four or that season, mm-hmm. you c- could, I'm sorry, you could then not play in a single bowl game at all, no matter what the level of bowl game was in the nineteen fifty five season. No matter how you go undefeated, you go undefeated, not allowed to play in a bowl game. And the reason was? Logic. And the, the logic behind that was it was their attempt to make sure that pretty much every program got an opportunity to play in a bowl game at some point. Oh, so they're just so, Which is what we do now. Because no. they, they set the tone for 70 years later. <laughs> yeah, just now it's quantity instead so of that, quality. So fuck 1950s college committee or whoever because now the 2023 college committee was like, hmm. Let's look at that year. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well, not only that, but if you think about it, back then you could still, I mean, obviously being as far back as it was, you could still be named national champion. They would name na- the national champion really before the bowl games. Mm-hmm. 
or for the most part, the consensus national champion would be considered before the bowl games. Mm-hmm. So you could go undefeated mm-hmm. and be the consensus national champion before the bowl games, but not be able to play in a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Syracuse won a national cha- title in 1959, but they got the choice to either play Texas in the Cotton Bowl or right, which they chose. Whole right. game for Texas. But you could win either game. Either, I they think beat, the Orange they beat Bowl was the other one. Beat right. Hamley. Right, but yeah, they Orange Bowl is the other one, correct? Yeah, and they could have won either game, and they were considered to like if they okay if you choose the Orange Bowl, you're going to route. I forget who the opponent would have been, but you're going to route them, or you could take on Texas, the number two team in the country. Mm-hmm. Either win or lose, you win the game. You you right. win the national title. So right, exactly. That's funny. So yeah, yeah, that's that's in <laughs> one of the many insane rules that college football had back then. So that was Ooh, that's terrible. But you know what's not insane ever? Those Jamie's Locks of the Week. Jay, take it away. Well, welcome to another edition of Locks of the Week. Ladies and gentlemen, we had a rough week last week. Now, what I've decided is I ain't doing five predictions anymore. However, I did four. We're one for three. But my man up north there in that Michigan yellow made a pretty good call on Lamar Jackson who's now gone from plus 500 to you're not going to make money on your bet. You have to bet dollars <laughs> to make sense now. So you should have listened to our guy, John, last week because he called Lamar and told you guys he's probably going to win. And what that meant is he's probably going to win a big game on the road, which he did. Looks like if he beats Miami next week, he'll lock up that MVP award. Unless Tyreek goes off for 200 yards in that game, then it gets really interesting. But let's start there. Love that game next week. It's in Baltimore. They're hosting the Dolphins. This is for all the oh, enchiladas. Shit. I believe the winner does pivot and, and take the number one seed or have control of their destiny to be the team that you have to go through in the AFC and have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So it's going to be a really interesting one. I think for that fact, Medina's going to have his guys ready. They're not going to turn the ball over five times and give Baltimore so many opportunities to score in that game. I do believe it ends up being a low-scoring game. Miami's defense has gotten better, especially inside the red zone. They proved that last week against the Cowgirls. So I love the Finns at three and a half right now. It's going to drop below three and a half. It's going to get it. It's probably going to be two and a half by Saturday. So take it as soon as you can. Dolphins three and a half. Let's rewind a little bit now. Uh, in fact, we don't rewind. I think this is probably on Monday. One of these bowls on Saturday. I think the other one ends up being on Monday. We're going to talk about that one, that being the Sugar Bowl. But love me the Citrus Bowl right now. Uh, I believe that Iowa showed their true colors already, and Tennessee can score the ball. Right now, Tennessee is only favored by six. I love Tennessee. This is the only time you'll have me, ever have me say those words in one sentence. I love Tennessee this week at minus six. Take them all day long because Iowa does not know what to do with the ball when they have it on offense. It's almost like they just want to give it back. So it's like, let's try and score on defense. So take Tennessee at minus six. And since I said I'm only doing three, we're going to go into Monday where the Sugar Bowl sees probably what might be the best matchup of the entire weekend in all of football. And that is Texas versus Washington. I don't know why people keep doubting the Washington Huskies. Keep doubting them. They thrive off of this. Right now, you're getting four points if you take the Huskies. If they lose this game, it's because the, the, the Longhorns go down and drive and win on a final on their final possession by a field goal. So I love the Huskies at plus four. Take the points all day long. So here are your locks of the week, ladies and gentlemen. 
Take the Finns at three and a half on the road because McDaniel will have these boys ready to play. And Lamar will turn the ball over at least once in this game, giving Miami a chance to get back in the game. Take the lead. Ultimately, I think the Ravens win, but it's not going to be by more than three and a half. Then the Citrus Bowl. Tennessee will make a mockery of the Iowa Hawkeyes. They will win by much more than a touchdown. Go ahead and take Tennessee at minus six. And I love those Huskies. My boy MPJ, once again, going in as an underdog. They might walk out the victor. But I'll tell you one thing, they ain't losing by four. So take them at plus four. And that, ladies and gentlemen, are your locks of the week, baby. All right, Michigan, this is your time right here. This is our semis, third year in a row in the semis. We got a tough opponent in Alabama, but we can take them. Yes, we. I'm saying we as a whole because the fans, the team, the coaches, the trainers, the everything is in this game with you right now. People watching at home, people in the stadium doesn't matter it's time to roll right now four quarters two games and then you're the champs let's get it right now every play counts jj no mistakes blake quorum go off mike sansell take control of that defense get some key picks junior colson i want to see some sacks out of you let's get it boys it's game day let's go blue let's go blue and i should have locked in that bet last week with the lamar jackson even though we all know this is a QB award, so no matter what, Tyreek, Tyreek could go off for 600 yards. Don't matter. Know, still, doesn't matter. There's still a great debate this week on, I think, at, at some point they said, uh, Jeff Saturday said, um, that I think Dominique and him were having this like debate on first take, and he said, uh, we need to now redefine this as the most outstanding player so it gets mm-hmm. away from being a quarterback award. And Jeff Saturday agreed and said he thinks really wholeheartedly the NFL will end up moving to this. Because you're going to have three candidates that should have won this year that aren't even quarterbacks. So I think we're finally going to see a shift happen, not this year or next year, but maybe by 2026. Well, the more that you hear about people bitching about it, the more you're going to – I was in an argument today on a, on a Facebook Facebook post about this and saying – where they were saying Tua is the MVP, and I said, no, his teammate Tyreek is, or CMC should be, but I get what you're saying – and he said, no, and the guy kept going back and forth saying, no, he, he's definitely, Tua is definitely MVP. Without Tua, they wouldn't be, and blah, blah, blah. But I agree, like, they got to do something different because you're discrediting all the hard work of people that are busting their ass, like CMC, who carries that team. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, San Francisco wouldn't be a contender. Would it be a contender? They wouldn't be as of a contender without CMC, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I agree. That's I but we're talking about contenders, and we're talking about the college football playoff and the bowl games coming up here. So let's get right into it. We got my Michigan Wolverines taking on at Alabama, Alabama. in the Rose Bowl, and then we have Texas at or playing Washington in the Sugar Bowl. I think this is like going to be the closest college football playoff, and this is the scary part about the Michigan, my Michigan team <laughs> playing them playing Alabama, but. It's it's looking uh, pretty nerve wracking for me because Alabama, you know, they get in this type of game. I never underestimate. It's kind of like Tom Izzo, even though he skates into the NCAA tournament. All right. You never you never underestimate a Michigan State team or anything like that. So, Grandpa Jay, since you gave your thoughts on Texas Washington, let me hear your thoughts on Bama and Michigan. 
what one and a half points right now favor in Michigan. That's pretty much a pick em. Um, So they're pretty much just saying, look, one of these teams probably comes down to the final possession. I do think that Michigan's defense will be prepared for this game. I think they've taken a lot of pride on playing for each other all year long, even though I think they really, uh, and we said it already, it, it kind of made no sense that they were rallying around something that didn't really have too much substance behind it. But somehow the team cohesed and they figured that we're doing this for each other thing. We know that Harbaugh came up with the slogan, bet, meaning bet against us, you know, bet that, you know, we were cheating and that's not really our identity. You know, we're a great football team. So go ahead and bet. I feel that they are playing with a chip on their shoulder. Now, now, here's the great thing that you could say as a Bama fan is that they're 38-1 and one in the last three seasons, in the regular season, and they're 0-2 in the playoffs. They have more losses in the playoffs than during the regular season in the last three years, which is kind of incredible. This program is not getting enough credit for being 38-3 and three in the last three seasons. So they really need that win. I think third time's a charm. Go ahead and take Michigan over Bama to make their way into the national championship game. And, you know, I've loved – Banks Jr. all year long. I love what I've seen from Washington. I think they're one of the grittiest teams. Somehow that defense finds a way to make a play, even though they look like they might be out of it. The offense has some of the best playmakers in college football. Even though I think Texas is a complete team, I think Washington has played in bigger games. Texas played that game, their significant game, so early in the season. I think Washington has been tested over and over again coming into the CFP. Give me Washington all day long. I think it's a Michigan-Washington CFP national title game. I don't know why I see this, but I see there's something missing from Texas mm-hmm. from, from having that it factor. It's like they lost it after I think they lost to Kansas, Oklahoma. right? They lost to Oklahoma. Oh, no, Oklahoma. That's right. Mm-hmm. They they just don't have that it factor right now. And I feel I, I agree with you. I think Washington has been the most complete team, you know, out of the four uh, next to Michigan, of course. Washington just consistently play good game after good game. Even games that they've been down, they find a way to kind of grip themselves away from it. Like the Oregon game in the Pac-12 championship, they held control of that game the entire time. Oregon was always playing behind, it felt like. And you always get that feeling with a team. So I feel like Washington's going to, or Texas is going to have a tough time at the beginning because they haven't seen a quarterback like Michael Penix Jr. Mm-hmm. And he is elusive. He is a, He is everything that he was and should be, right? I forget. Who won the Heisman again? Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. Yep. He reminds me of Jaden Daniels a lot. Like, his playing style, I, I, feel, I thought it was a dead knock between those two. I thought we were going to mm-hmm. have a tie at the Heisman because they were just both elite quarterbacks. So I will take Washington in that game. Nice. And, of course, my Michigan Wolverines, I'm going to take them. Um, I didn't like how they started off against Ohio State. I love how they started off against Iowa in the Big Ten mm-hmm. Championship. They started off very sluggish, made a lot of key mistakes against Ohio State that they can't make against Alabama because mm-hmm. Jalen Milrow is playing with a lot of confidence after that Auburn game, mm-hmm. a lot of confidence, and a lot of confidence after that Georgia win in the, in the SEC title game. So you start making those mistakes on defense where you missed assignments, non-blitz packages, that's where that's where Bama's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I'm going to take my blue in that game, but they need to play four quarters, just like I said in my rant. They got to play four quarters of football against Bama because Auburn showed it. <laughs> they didn't play four quarters; they played four quarters in like three seconds and lost on the last minute touchdown. So uh, I'm going to take Michigan and Washington. I'm going to go with you, Jay, and of course, go blue in the national title game. So, Trey Day. 
Roll Tide. <laughs> I don't think that was any surprise. Like I Michigan, but no. In all seriousness, uh, right now Alabama just looks like they have flipped the switch in general and found something. And I know Alabama hasn't had the best success in the last couple of college football playoffs, but it's just something about Nick Saban when you give him a couple extra weeks to just sit and prepare and figure out a game plan. He is a hard man to bet against. So I really do I think Alabama is going to figure something out. I think it's going to be an ugly, low-scoring game. There'll be fans online complaining. I love a defensive game, so I think I'll enjoy it. But there'll be fans online complaining about, why is this game only 17-13? to 13? Oh, shit, another punt. It's going to be field position. It's going to be yes. a lot of punts. It's going to come down to a couple turnovers. I think Ty is going to end up winning about 17-13. to 13. So I think it's going to be that type of a throwback in there. On the other end, contrary, I think Washington's going to win, but I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. So I think Washington's going to win something <laughs> like 45 to 35 or something crazy mm-hmm. of that sort because I just don't see Texas stopping Penix. Washington defense, I think, will make a stop when they need to, but I do think they're going to get ran up and down that field mm-hmm. for a lot of the game. And then at some point, the big play will happen because that seems to be whether you go back to the Oregon game, Washington, mm-hmm. or any of the other big games they played SC this year, all the other – like, that is what Washington has – done mm-hmm. they make the play when needed but with those weapons Penix has outside in my opinion i know some people say it's the best receiving court the second best receiving court in the nation out there in washington yep second best receiving court in the nation out there in washington you know rome right up there with your boy no lie he matches him who matches who rome <laughs> that's why he's top five pick yeah john you got any popcorn what are you pop everybody know, okay. everybody, everybody, everybody knows everybody knows what's he in pros? What's he in the pros? You know who's gonna be in the pros. Both of them are gonna be in the pros. Yeah, I mean no, both, no, he's a lead receiver. We know how this is gonna go in the pros. We already got history here. We've seen this story play out before with a smaller version of the same route running monster out here. So you already know what Harris is gonna do in the pros. Just make sure he gets to the right team. Even I, if he doesn't gonna, get the I would right say team, I don't think he's gonna get Peyton Manning off the bat. After your take here on, on your picks in every in this game, Trey, I got a question for you. So finish your yep, take on this question. So what is your thoughts on Harrison coming back? I know you love it as a fan and you love he's it as a fan. Back. I don't even know what's the story. He, he's, he's he's apparently practicing to play in the cotton bowl. That's what some people say he's practicing. Yeah, probably paying him two point five to do it. I, I, I've already been on a bike at practice on the bike. Yeah, <laughs> so. maybe. I don't know. I just got I just, before we got before we went when recording here. I just looked at TV and said Marvin Harrison sh- shows up in practice in full pads, and I said, "Oh, okay. Well, he he's not coming back next year." I no. wouldn't I wouldn't expect it because here's the biggest thing with that, right? So they're saying they're willing. All the boosters are going to pay him what his first year with contract would be, right? Okay, that's just one year. He's guaranteed that at least five years in the NFL. Right. So. The, the more you prolong going there, the longer before you get the big bag. The first bag right. is the first contract. So, yeah, I can go ahead and give you $40 million to play and try to match that, but I'm only prolonging the $120 million contract by an extra right. year. So, I don't see – I don't if, see the incentive. I mean, what? Because he didn't beat Michigan. I mean, are you really going to come back just for the right to play just Michigan? To beat Michigan? Yeah. You asked that. You asked them that right <laughs> after the game, too. And obviously, emotions are high. You're very anxious. You're very like, damn, I haven't. Anything last you know, year. He like, the right move. But at the end of the day, his dad's looking at him. His mom's looking at him. His agents looking at him, saying, "Dude, you're number two pick. You go out and get hurt next year. 
your second rounder at best. No, and to be honest, Ryan Day, if Ryan Day was doing the right thing, Ryan Day can't let him come back. If you're no. if you're supposed to have the intention as a player, then I guess you do similar what your boy Bayham did. Tell Carmelo you want to I was about to say. <laughs> so if you're, you're leaving. If you have the intention, no, you don't need to come back. You're leaving. Like, and Mikey's sitting down there with his big red jersey ready to put pads on. He's like, put me in, coach. I got a red jersey on right now. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Sabotage them from within so that they yeah. look bad. That's one thing. That's one thing no one knows about Bayheim, and everyone criticized him, but he's the one that told Melo, "Hey, you're not coming back here." Right? <laughs> yeah. When he what? was like, "He's like, you're going to the NBA right now." Big up to Melo. Your parents in the gardens on uh, Christmas Day, bigging up Mr. Brunson after his big win. Mm-hmm. Great NBA basketball, by the way, on Christmas mm-hmm. Day. Oh my God! Amazing. So like yeah, I, God. I had it on the double box all day until the Eagles game. Hey but, Trey. Luca heard you, man. You dropped that. You dropped that C note on you. About time. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. He's one of my favorite players to watch. I'm calling him out because Bro, I he's leading the. Wait me about time. He's leading the league in thirty point games this year. It doesn't matter yeah, about the I, games. I, it's about the defense. Defense. Players, right? That's what I said. I want. I want him to be better at defense. I want. He. There, there's no excuse for him not to have a league MVP. This is a man who's supposed to retire with three or four league MVPs. If he doesn't, then it okay. doesn't. The math ain't math. Yeah, so I mean that's that's what I said last year. I know I, he's gonna get his points, but I want to see you play full basketball. Like at the end of the day, if you're not playing full basketball, that's why your team loses most of the time. You need your best player or someone to sub, substitute him. That's what Clay did for Steph. Yeah, the guy owns the Suns even without his his number two on the court. He just owns Phoenix. Period. Well, Mike, take us away with your picks and who your thought, what your thoughts on this college football play. Well, first, uh, I got to say, I love it when you guys let me go last so I can collect all of you warm into mine. Um, <laughs> so to to your point, I think, Trey, to your point, I agree that the Michigan-Bama game is going to be uh, low scoring and the Texas-Washington game is going to be high scoring, simply because we got Big Ten football versus SEC football and then Pac-12 football versus – Pac-12 football, it's going to be Big Ten soon, but versus Big 12 football. So I feel like, yeah, explosive on the Washington-Texas side, hard-nosed, gritty on the Michigan-Alabama side. I think, so Michigan-Alabama, I'll cover Michigan-Alabama first. I'm going to take the Michigan Wolverines to beat the Alabama Crimson Tide. I think it's going to be a good game, a defensive game, as we said. And I think that's because I expect Michigan to be coming into this playoff playing as if they're Alabama and snuck into the four seed with a good end of the season. They're going to be playing gritty. They're going to be playing with that chip on their shoulder. They're going to be playing with a lot to prove because even as the one seed, a lot of people like with the whole cheating scandal and all that that keeps coming up, it keeps coming up. And people are doubting them because of that that they're not truly the number one seed level team. And I really think they are. They are that talented. They have those kinds of playmakers. And I'm not just saying that because there's a Michigan fan sitting right next to me, figuratively. Um, I, I think I think Michigan's going to win this game. If I had to put a score on it, yeah, it's going to be like, I'll say 2017. Mm. I, think, I think it's going to be a close one. Because uh, I think Bama's, Bama's playing their best ball, and we always talk about how it's good to be playing your best ball going into the playoff. I don't doubt Michigan, but I also don't <laughs> doubt Bama. 
I'm hoping for like a 65 to 7 route by Michigan. Oh, I'm sure. You want to be comfortable. Just, and I can just chill and start drinking. We're getting ready for the yeah. 8 o'clock. You're also <laughs> undermining that, that this would only be the second time since the first one where an SEC team is not in the national championship game. Right? Yeah, exactly. So Trey's kind of giving the SEC its due respect here that they're going to keep that streak going. Or he just doesn't I'm want sorry, to. I'm sorry. I'm not qualified. I don't know which one is which. It didn't matter, I mean, it didn't matter who it was. was. At this point, Texas is already chanting SEC. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you picked Washington, though. So you picked the no, SEC. Saying, yeah. saying, but in yeah. their mind, they got two in. Yeah. So the Big Ten has also two. This is two. Uh, Big Ten has yeah, two exactly. It's Big Ten versus SEC. We all, we all really claim this here. <laughs> right. Right. Texas Washington, uh, I agree. High scoring game. I think this is going to be a back and forth shootout a la the Rams Chiefs Monday night football game. Mm. I'm going to take. The Washington Huskies. Husk, husk, husk. Husk, husk. Because you know who Michael Penix Jr. reminds me of besides Jaden Daniels? He Say reminds it. me of Max Duggan okay. a little bit. He reminds In me of Steve McNair. Yeah, I, I can see. Is it the hair? No, it's, no, it's not. Um, no, I think he reminds me of <laughs> Penix to me is a Max Duggan attitude with Jaden Daniels' talent. And that's scary because not only does he have the talent to be that playmaker like Jaden Daniels is and make things happen, but he has the grit to him too, that he's just not going to give up and he's going to fight through every play. And that's what's impressed me the most about him. And that's why I thought he should win the Heisman because he's as talented as Daniels and is that much. I mean, you look at his career at Indiana, the injuries he had to fight through to just be able to return to the field, let alone be on this stage. And I think that's eventually what gets Washington through this game. Texas is going to come out and play that Big 12 SEC tough Texas football, that Texas-style football, something that – Texas. Something that Washington, despite being battle-tested this season, hasn't really seen in their opponents. But I think Penix is the guy that can get them to the promised land now. Who what? Who what? He got that uh, dog in him. He got, he, no, literally. He has that specifically he does, husky in him. But mm-hmm. To, to, to Trey's husky. point, it does seem like he turns it – it's like he's playing at 60 or 70% throughout yeah. the whole game, and he's like, all right, guys, I got you. Right. Yeah, boom, 100%. Boom, I'm boom, right. I'm like, damn. Like in the Oregon game, I saw him, and he was just like, boom, boom. I was like, oh, shit, it's 20-point 20, 20 lead. Okay. Exactly. All right. <laughs> well – yeah, I mean, we got we got a lot of good football on this weekend. Um, the New Year's Six Bowl games, they will matter next year, of course. Are we course. are we predicting a champion, too? Are we picking that right now? No, nah, we'll do that next week. Next we'll do week next we week. Once we, have the, once we have the matchup. Okay. Once we have the matchup, hopefully I'm here for that show, because if not, if I have to watch another fucking year, I have to stand <laughs> miserable That's terrible for me. Died. ALCS for the Yankees, lost, swept. Michigan loses by a touchdown. Michigan Eagles lose. God damn. Yeah, twenty four. Be my year. Twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three was uh, not John's year. Rough. It's a terrible year. I was emotional after both. Games. Syracuse missed the tournament last year too. It's rough. They, they haven't made the tournament in three years. So yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Well, well, let us know in the comments what you guys think, who your predictions are. Um, we may go live at halftime of those games. We'll see how I feel during those games. <laughs> the first, during the first specifically, game, specifically maybe, Jamie, the maybe Grandpa Jay and uh, Mike and Trey Day will go live on that on Instagram. Okay, so I'm going to keep it a buck. 
Everybody know I ain't never really been a big Russell Wilson fan. Russ ain't really deserved this. I think he's catching a raw break here. I'll be honest. Back when they were one and five, I kind of was actually at a fan of, yeah, maybe you should go ahead and bench that guy, go ahead and tank it out. Uh, you know, Sean Payton clearly doesn't like Russ, so I thought maybe it was time to move on. But somehow, the Broncos went from getting beat down, giving up 70 points, to actually being in the playoff race. Now, realistically, they're probably not going to make it, and they damn well not going to make it out of Jared Stidham's start. Jared Stidham is a career 10-12, a uh, career record, six touchdowns, seven interceptions. That ain't the best move for the team. I get the whole thing that they're trying to do this for the money ramifications, but it just ain't right for the rest of the players. To go out there to take a lesser quarterback, to give them less of a chance to win, they still did have a, a shot at making the playoffs. Like I say, probably weren't because they were going to need some help. But when you look at it, their next two opponents were going to be the Chargers and the Raiders. Those are two very winnable games for Russ. I don't trust them to go out there and win it. And I, if I was on the team, I'd be like, damn, so y'all basically just giving up on this season. I get y'all trying to go out there for the future. They're trying to protect yourself, but you already didn't protect yourself when you gave that crazy contract. Because right now they're talking something like 60, 70, 80 million type dollars in dead cap space. Either way, you're fucked. So you may as well go for it. You're probably going to end up with the 14 or 15 draft pick. So it's not like you're going to be high enough to go up here and get, let's say, Caleb Williams or Drake May. They already traded the second round draft pick to go get Sean Payton. So I don't know how much draft capital they're going to use trying to go up and get a quarterback, but they won't have the cap space to replace one. Denver's in a really fucked position right now. Let's get right into yes. our first ever single squad award show. We have five categories, and those categories are sports figure of the year, team of the year, oh my God, moment of the year, heartbreak of the year, and then sports moment of the year. So we're going to go through each category, all name ours and why. And of course, let us know in the, in the comments who you think it is. If you think we're right, let us know why. So let's get right into it. We're going to start off with sports figure of the year. Okay. Going to throw it over to Mike. Mike, who is your sports figure of the year? So I think there's a lot of options here. I think there's a lot of options that I went over in my head and was kind of rolling over throughout the day um, leading up to this. But I, I have to stay home with my favorite sport. And I have to stay with somebody that accomplished a lot this year despite not winning a championship. So my sports figure of the year is Mr. Shohei Otani, mm. the newest L.A. Dodger Shohei Otani. And I'll tell you why. It's I, understand, I understand. He might not have won a title, and he didn't go to the playoffs, and that's a, a big reason why I think he left the Angels. But he did leave the Angels for the bright lights of Hollywood side of L.A. with the L.A. Dodgers for a 7 Hundred million dollar contract. Mm -hmm. This man is the highest paid athlete ever. Granted, deferred, though the, though the contract may be, he's the highest paid athlete ever. That deserves some recognition. Not only that, he's also coming off an AL MVP. Mm -hmm. So, considered the best player, one of the two best players in his sport, award wise, considered on paper and by consensus, the best player in his sport as it stands today, and the highest paid player in the history of sports. I feel like it has to be Shohei Otani, at least to me. Trey, what do you got? Okay, so I'm going with somebody who actually is not even actively playing a sport at this moment, and that person would be Pat McAfee. I think he is the sports figure of the year. Okay. Win or loss, whether you like him or hate him, he's talked about 
whether it's been game day, 50% of people love him, 50% of people hate him. You turn to ESPN, half of people are like, oh, this is my show, half people hate him. But the landscape of sports broadcasters, since that dude has really came on the scene, has changed. So to me, he has been one of the most at the center sports figures, whether it's been these Aaron Rodgers interviews, he's getting J.J. Watt on. I mean, he's getting – if somebody has something that goes viral, like the Chargers had that, that – crazy fan you know who's on the next day she's on his show when something happens where do everybody immediately go remember years ago you see mike and mike and that's yeah. where you went in the morning now it's became if i need to get a story off if i need to do an interview if i need to you know express something in sports you go there i mean we got uh what kelsey and rogers up here beefing over vaccines on the show like anything <laughs> that's going through sports is going through that guy right now and i i would say i respect what they're doing up there i like this cast i like his bunch I like McAfee. I know half people in the comments are going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? And half y'all are going to agree with me. And that's why he's a sport. Because what, what is better in sports than a debate? And that is what he causes is the debate. Jay, who's your sports figure? Well, you know, honorable mention to me, I, I, I just got the honorable mention here because the sport doesn't get too much notoriety globally. And it should get more, even though it's obviously growing in popularity. And that's Formula One. And that's Max Verstappen. The guy didn't just win this year he absolutely dominated the competition he's 26 years old he wins his third world championship he won a record 19 of the 22 races he led the most laps ever in a single season and he set a new mark for the largest point gap ever between first and second so you're talking about a guy that's not just winning he is claiming his stake on good luck beating me for the next three four five years when you do something like that in, a, in any given season in itself, I think you stamp yourself as one of the greatest of all time automatically. And obviously, I just said he won his third at 26. So he has a long career ahead. But, I mean, you guys know, I, one of us had to do it, right? Mr. LeBron Raymond James. I mean, how do we not mention the guy that was in the limelight for most of the year? We're tracking when he's going to break that record. Lakers look like they're not even going to make a run in the playoffs. They're playing crap basketball. Gets his team back in the mix of things. They make a deep run all the way to the conference finals where they met up with Mr. Joykic and the juggernaut of Denver, who we knew was the best team in basketball at that point. But at least he gave his team a chance for us, at least, to see the most coveted of all rivalries in basketball. And that could have been a Lakers-Celtics finals. And, and maybe that would have been the one for him. It could have been a write-off into the sun moment. Who knows if he would have retired if he won that one. But I got to give much love to the king, LeBron James, setting the all-time scoring record all-time in the NBA and doing it with a lot of style and class as usual. And Jesus, is the man going to slow down? I mean, he's on another tear this season. So who knows where that point mark is going to be by the time he's done. And I really can say right now, we can say another person like him may come along in 50 years. I don't think so. I, I really don't think we don't see a player like this ever again. There'll be somebody who has, you know, the skills of this player and that player, but LeBron's a, a one-of-a-type unicorn. And it's been a fun ride and well done. You, you deserve Man of the Year, Sports Person of the Year, Sports Figure of the Year award if they have one. John? Yeah, so I was between two people, and I'm going to go with the one that, that I thought the most, and that, that would be Caitlin Clark. Mm -hmm. Caitlin Clark transcended women's basketball. I know Angel Reese kind of was, was on the same pillar, but I believe Caitlin Clark, Clark with her play, she was constantly in the limelight. She kind of came out like Steph Curry did. She had her Steph Curry moment in the NCAA tournament where she, I think, she hit like 60 points or some shit like that. She was just going off in the NCAA tournament. I mean, looking at the six games, she averaged 36 minutes a game, 31 points per game, 48 from the field, 
uh, no, f- 58 from the, you know, inside the arc, uh, 42 from outside the arc, and an 88% from the line. She was just nonstop, and she has not stopped. She continues to go out there. She can ball. I think she can ball against some of the dudes out there, right? So she has just been transcending women's basketball, giving hope that, you know, someone that's I – I don't think she's that tall. I think she's like 5'10", 5'11". She's not that tall of a basketball player, but she's going out there and she's gritty. She's tough. So she is the sports figure of the year because she has talked about nonstop about her little swagginess in the, in the NCAA tournament. So shout out to Caitlin Clark. She is my sports figure of the year. And then I think – all of us, you know, would say is Dick Vitale as well. I just wanted to throw that out mm. there as well. Dick Vitale, just because of who he was in fighting cancer, in fighting cancer, and then also helping to fight cancer for other people. So, mm-hmm. yes. All right. So, moving on to team of the year. There's a lot of teams out there, a lot of people we could have won with. Mm-hmm. Um, let's throw it over to Trey Day. Trey, who is your team of the year? Speaking of Caitlin Clark, let's pick up where we left off at. My team of the year would be the LSU women's basketball team. Hmm. Now, we are talking about the calendar year of 2023. So, in the calendar year of 2023, from January 1st until basically where we are at right now, the LSU women's basketball team has went 35-3 and and also won the national championship and also stopped with probably is the most dominant player in women's basketball history. I know some people were like, hey, you know, they lost to Colorado, and that was a big upset. They've been balling since then. Like, people were, like, raining on the parade. And ever since then, they've been winning. With the teams they lost to in 2023 with Colorado, which was an upset, they lost to Tennessee, which wasn't the Tennessee of the past, but still was a pretty strong team. They lost to South Carolina, who have been basically the most dominant team in women's college basketball. So when you do that, and then to kind of piggyback off what John had as the sports uh, figure of the year saying it was Caitlin Clark. I'm not saying Angel Reese is, but I'm saying as a team, when they're having that type of fun where it was causing this type of conversation, we don't get around women's basketball. You can go mm-hmm. back to the days of UConn. We didn't talk about UConn women's basketball like this. We didn't talk about Tennessee women's basketball. I hate it or love it. That's what they were. Some people looked at them as the heel for wrestling terms. Some people looked at them as the heroes, but they were good for women's college basketball. So LSU women's college basketball, to me, did more for their sport as a team, hate them or love them, than any other team did this year. So they are my 2023 team of the year. Mike, it's not the New York Yankees, but who you got? Unfortunately, no, you're right. It is not the New York Yankees. Um, Disappointment of the year, though. Disappointment of the year, yeah. If we were given uh, disappointment of the year, yeah, geez, they are are at least up there, if not locked in. Um, First of all, Trey, thank you for – bringing in the wrestling term heel. I yes. uh, appreciate that. It's a good little nod. I f- appreciate that. So yeah. we're going to stay in basketball. We're going to go to pros. And that is my team of the year is the Denver Nuggets. Because you got to shout out the team winning their first ever NBA title, their first ever title. They never won an ABA title either. So congrats to Jokic, to Jamal Murray, to Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, all those guys – coming together being that team that like yeah they're i mean in the playoffs everybody was talking yeah they're good but someone's gonna beat them whether it's this you know upstart grizzlies or the you know seasoned lakers or the warriors dynasty and the nuggets are pretty much like nah nah we're just gonna win Jokic especially was like i'm just here to do a job and i'm gonna do it well they're dominant they were just uh, yeah i mean it's having 
having the guy that the only reason he probably didn't win the MVP was because he had already won the MVP. So they wanted to, he wanted to, and B deserved it. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, they're not going to give it to Jokic. We talked about it when they were given the MVP out. They're like, it's not going to be Jokic simply because they're not going to give it to him again. And, you know, they have a good team and they're proving it this year. They're proving that it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't just one run. This is a dominant team that can win. So yeah, shout out to the Denver Nuggets. Uh-huh. John, what do you got? My team of the year is the UConn men's basketball team. They won the national title and won it convincingly. There was no team stopping this team. Let me just read you off some scores throughout the NCAA tournament. Beat Iona, 87-63. St. Mary's, who was a dominant St. Mary's team, 70-55. Arkansas, great Arkansas team, 88-65. Gonzaga. 82-54, 82-54, Miami, 72-59, and then in the championship game, they dominated San Diego State the entire game, 76-59. to They were just unbelievably talented. Danny Hurley had gotten his boys. I remember him from covering him at Bonaventure when he played – when those Rhode Island teams were tough, gritty. Now he had a tough, gritty team, and they were full of five-star and transfer five-star recruits. So – it was no shock to me to see him win a national title so soon at UConn because of the coach he is. He's got the energy. So shout out to UConn. They are my team of the year. Grandpa Jay, wrap us up. Well, you know, I'm going to go across the pond here and it's Manchester City Football Club for me. Arguably the greatest manager of all time, Pep Guardioli, finally wins the Champions League with Manchester City. Pretty convincing win over Inter Milan in those finals. And then thanks to Arsenal somehow blowing an eight-point lead with a month to go, and nobody really does that, but somebody's going to do it. It might be those young gunners. They blow the eight-point lead. They win the Prem. And then, of course, the FA Cup finale against Manchester United. And, they, and I mean, they once again, dominant performance. And Haaland, come on, man. This guy is such a freaking madman. He comes into the Prem first year ever and decides, you know what? Forget who was there before me. I'm just going to break the single-season record for most goals scored. There's 38 games played. He scored 36. So you're pretty much scoring a goal a game. That's ridiculous over a course of one season. He's also become the fastest player to 50 goals in the Prem. So Man City ain't going anywhere, even though it looks like they're having a downer year. Look out for them to win their fourth premiership title in a row this year. But it kind of started in 2022, but they had to finish the job in 2023. So congrats to Man City on a treble. It is not easy to do that. Because European football at the Champions League level, it is a rough tournament to get through. After holding position in your in your league as well and trying to win the FA Cup, you're playing a lot of football all the time. So, Pep, you did your thing finally. To me, you've cemented yourself as the greatest manager of all time. Well done, Manchester City Football Club. Well, let's keep it rolling as we go on from team of the year to oh my God moment of the year. Mm-hmm. Let's take it away. I'll start this one. So my oh my god moment of the year, and I think everybody can say this was Farley Dickinson <laughs> beating Purdue, the 16 seed beating Purdue. We had to wait. We had to wait 33 years for a 16 seed to knock off a one seed. If you remember UMBC beating Virginia in 2018, mm-hmm. now it only took five years for us to see another one. So. Farley Dickinson, as I always, Mike and I back in college saw that name, and we continually said Farley Dickinson Farley. with a British accent. 
felt like it should be across the pond oh, with Grandpa Jay's Manchester United. Oh, but I was so happy to see them win that game. They absolutely played perfect basketball, and that's what you needed to be Purdue. And it was like, holy shit, Purdue got knocked off. Because all mm-hmm. of us were thinking Purdue's going to run the table like mm-hmm. UConn. They were going to meet UConn in the national title game, and this is going to be an epic showdown. So hats off to Farley Dickinson. You got our oh my god moment of the year, Mikey Mike. Take it away with yours. So uh, I f- feel that this is the perfect time for me to step out of the conventional sports r- world and go to my unconventional sport, which is the world <laughs> of professional wrestling. Because this year we saw a moment in pro wrestling that I don't think any fan or casual fan of the of the sport ever thought we'd see. Vince McMahon sold the company. The McMahon family no longer owns WWE. It's now owned by a conglomerate called Endeavor, which also owns UFC, for those that aren't aware. So that was my oh my God moment of the years. Oh my God. Vince actually sold the company for the, like the, the one thing wrestling fans, I can tell you uh-huh. never ever wouldn't have ever bet their lives on that. The McMahon family would not own world wrestling entertainment. So that was by far an, Oh my God moment for me. Was his son not managing it? Well, was that a decision that he felt like it was Shane? I mean, okay. So context is that Shane has always been kind of in and out of the company. He actually has always seemed to enjoy more being a wrestler mm. than being a wrestling owner or mm. uh, ex- or executive. Company owner. Yeah. And CEO. money, sponsors, there's a whole lot that went into it. But money, sponsors, Vince being out of touch with the product, a lot of people calling for him to, to sell the company. And they got, as they say in The Godfather, got an offer he couldn't refuse. Yes, for sure. I want to say it was a few billion dollars. Uh, but yeah, so that's my oh my god moment of the year. Grandpa Jay, what do you think? Well, with great moments comes great preparation. And this is a show where some people are going to be like, bro, how are you actually saying these things about these teams you absolutely hate? But I'm about to go down to the swamp and give Ricky Pearsall my OMG. Oh my god, did he really do that moment of the year? So the backdrop to that is a kid actually was going through his routine where he would catch 100 balls in a row. And that was before or after practice preparing for this season well what does the kid do against charlotte quarterback puts the ball about seven feet too far to his left and about maybe one and a half feet too high and you're thinking there's no way this kid's going to go up and get it the kid jumps up in a jump man split position and grabs the ball leaning in the opposite direction with his hand going the way it shouldn't be going to get like nothing about the catch made sense but the kid made and what looked like one of the most athletic plays i've ever seen on a football field and big up to this kid because the preparation was there. It wasn't a fluke play. This kid has been making sure he's been training his hands for a moment like this. And his moment came. And boy, did he shine on that stage because he had all 90,000 Florida fans feeling like that catch alone should make us give us a shot to play in the SEC championship game. Come on, man. That is the OMG moment of the year for me. Trey Day. First Monday night football game of the year. Everybody's all excited. Oh. And boom, the jet season. Is over like that. We went through the entire last 
2022, all of 2023 early saying, where's Aaron Rodgers going to go? Is he going to get traded to the Jets today? Is he going to get traded to the Jets today? Hard knock does the Jets. And we are literally mm-hmm. done. Like, I didn't even see it live because I'm driving home from work, and I'm like, I'll make it home by the second drive. I'm driving. I look at my phone, and all I see is, oh, my God, what the fuck is going on? What's happening? I can't <laughs> believe this shit. I'm like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? I'm like, Couldn't nothing that crazy have happened. And then I get mm-hmm. home, and the stadium is fucking just looks like a fucking Quiet. funeral's happening. <laughs> like, yeah, that I don't. We'll never know what the Jets season could have been, but we damn well didn't expect that in the NFL. <laughs> put the Jets on national TV like seventeen times this year because <laughs> that was the cash cow. So yeah, my oh my god was Aaron Rodgers just not actually having the season. He didn't even have a court. He didn't even have a minute. He never dropped. <laughs> <laughs> right. what? Yeah, it was four plays, right? Mm-hmm. And, and not the not the whole lot. It felt like the country air got blown. Oh yeah, no, like everybody. <laughs> it was like, what is going on? Like all of professional football went. Who's silent. writing this script? The script writer. Bro, this wasn't that, did you see the footage of Greeny <laughs> in his house where they had cameras in his house yeah. and he was like, "Oh my god, oh this can't be happening." Like he he was freaking <laughs> out. <laughs> all right, fellas, let's keep it rolling with our. We got two more categories to go. Let's keep it rolling with our. Heartbreak of the year. A lot of heartbreak all year long. Mm-hmm. Trey Day, keep it rolling with your heartbreak of the year. Is he going to pick the obvious? Yeah, the obvious. January 1st, 12 o'clock on the dot. <sighs> Our New Year's party went silent. Nobody drank. I had champagne <laughs> for it. We all just sat there and just stared at each other. Half the people in the house didn't even watch football, but they knew something was wrong. As the Ohio State Buckeyes, it just, the field goal just didn't go. The season was over. C.J. Stroud played the game of his life. Now, I, in my opinion, we would have won the national championship. I assume we beat TCU the next week and we go. And, yeah, it is what it is. But that was that was a heartbreak of the year. That was one of the heartbreaks of all time for me as a fan because it ruined New Year's Eve, to be honest with you. I don't think they ever saw the college football playoff on New Year's Eve because they're always going to ruin somebody's New Year's Eve. I'm damn well happy this year they're not playing on New Year's Eve. Just like this year, I am looking forward to New Year's Eve. I'm just going to get drunk, pour my Hennessy up, and enjoy it because that shit last year was mm-hmm. some bullshit. So, heartbreak of the year. Mike, what's your heartbreak? Well, uh, contrary to popular belief, I'm not going to pick the entire Yankee season. Um, <laughs> Should. <laughs> I should, but I'm not going to. Uh, I am going to say baseball, though. Two dominant franchises in the National League that are built to win in the playoffs. Both control their own destinies. Some hiccups along the way, but they're both meant meant to face each other in the NLCS. They win a combined one game. In the NLDS, I'm talking, of course, the LA Dodgers and Atlanta Braves win a combined one game in the NLDS, and we suddenly see the upstart Phillies and Diamondbacks in the NLCS, which, as base as non those teams fans, was awesome. It was awesome to see those teams, but I felt from a distance the Dodgers and Braves fans go silent and depressed as that they just watch their team, both of their teams, be absolutely dismantled in the NLDS as if 
they had barely snuck into the playoffs and hadn't been two of the best teams in the NL the past decade. So, yeah, that's my heartbreak of the year is just the utter devastation to those two franchises. John? Yeah, I mean, that was one of mine. And and I had – but I have to go with the, the Saturday after Thanksgiving and – my Michigan Wolverines have just defeated Trey's Ohio State, and we're going to Auburn and Alabama. And I said, I'm not watching this game. This game's going to be a blowout. Then all of a sudden I get a text saying, go watch the Auburn-Alabama game. It's <laughs> Auburn's about to pull the upset. And Jalen Milrow takes his, takes his time in the pocket. He had his turkey dinner. He has, he watched some, watched some TV because Auburn decided to go rush three guys and he throws a dart, throws a dart into the corner of the end zone and breaks Auburn's heart. And, and, and uh, the only game that mattered to them all year because Auburn was terrible. And that game could have solidified Florida State being in the college football playoff right now. So I know Florida State probably sent Auburn some some dirty names. Or Georgia, right? One of the two. One of the two. Blaine, Georgia. Right. One, one, one of the two. Yeah. One of the two. So that is my heartbreak of the year. I know it came all the way at the end of the year, but man, I felt yeah. that. And then obviously, honorable mention is me in the Super Bowl. If we're gonna go personal, yeah. yeah. That was. I took the jersey off, went to bed. So, Grandpa Jay, wrap us up with this. Yeah, Trey Myers about two weeks after yours. I kind of felt it coming. The Buck season was kind of just trickling off the edge of the cliff, and then. To sit down and even have to entertain myself to know what was about to happen, but to see the cowgirls go up 24 nothing at some point in that game and went down early quick and they're dominating every facet of the game. And you're seeing Brady just fade away into the sunset like, this can't be happening. This, this is not how he goes out. It wasn't supposed to end like this. Can somebody make a play? Can somebody do something? Can this be like the Rams? A couple of seasons ago where they had that miraculous comeback, can we force uh, – nope, there's another turnover. Oh, there's another three and out. It was one of the more abysmal games I've seen mm-hmm. a great player have to check out of and kind of just tell himself this is it for me, and it was heartbreaking to see that happen. More him than the team because the Bucks have shit the bed many a times in the playoffs in that scenario, and that was one of the worst games to sit through more as a fan of – what Brady had done for the franchise over the last two years to see it just come all crashing, well, three years to see it all come crashing down like that. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah, that was that was tough to see. Anybody but Dallas. Anybody but Dallas. Anybody <laughs> Dallas. I was right. praying you guys would beat them. Oh. But let's take it home with our fifth and final sports we moment of the year. This is where we decide what moment we thought was the best out of all year. It doesn't matter what it is. Grandpa Jay, since you ended it, I'll let you start this one. You guys know where I'm going. This is post, post-match post U.S. Open, post-match interview and celebration. And my man, the Joker, Novak Djokovic, has the underneath shirt prepared to lift it up and pay tribute to none other than Kobe Bryant. John sent me something today, made me cry again. Every time I see something about Kobe, I get really emotional. And that one really got my emotions on on, on edge there. And, and it was so touching for me to see Novak take that moment which is his moment of becoming the greatest of all time 
I'm giving Kobe his credit to say, hey, everybody, nobody does this alone. And if you really want to know why I end up being the man I am right now and why I'm the greatest tennis player of all time, it's because I had this guy at my side as a mentor and one of my best friends, and I got to pay tribute to him right now. And I'm going to make this about him and his family. Such a touch of class. That, to me, was my favorite moment of the entire year in sports. John? You know I have to go with it. Give me that tush, push, 90% tush, push. That's my moment of the year because everyone wants to talk about it. Everyone wants to ban it. And everyone wants to ban uh, people pushing our, our quarterback across the line. Yeah, pushing for the tushing. More pushing for the tushing, exactly. So I love that. I even got a song. I was like, every time, every time we get to what I always text Mike on the on the on Monday when it got to fourth and one, I was like, tush, push, tush, push, tush, push. <laughs> don't, don't like the tush push song. That's when he's playing the Giants. 92% of the time it works, and teams have been trying it all year and have been failing. And of course, it's going to be banned, and I can't wait for it to be banned because I'm so sick and tired of defending it every single time. Because it's not like Brady wasn't carried across the line all the, all his years in football. Right. So, give it a touch push for mo sports moment of the year. Because I'm send that song to DJ Khaled for you. Yeah, <laughs> your boy DJ Khaled. What everybody forgets is your quarterback needs to squat six hundred pounds for it to work ninety two percent of the time. So exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then they're showing how Barkley uh, he squats six hundred. I'm like, he's supposed to. Our quarterback's not supposed <laughs> to. <laughs> He was doing it with ease, too. I mean, you saw it in the eye. I was like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mike, as I so texted you on Monday about that, throw it over to you for your sports moment of the year. Well, it's certainly not the two parts. Are you um, sure? Not, I'll, I'll abs, you know, I've never been more sure about anything in my life. No, 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 no. It's fine. Um, so, I'm going to take <laughs> us back to March. And the moment is kind of a collective one in the electricity of the final four with regards to the fact that the lower seeds were running wild through the tournament. And I think what UConn was the highest seed left mm -hmm. in the final four and they were a number, no, there's number four, number four, mm -hmm. number four, but yeah, there was, they were them at four and like two number fives and then FAU as the owls fly on at number nine. But that was really cool to me seeing these underrated lower seeded team. Yeah. They're higher as compared to like 16 seeds, but not considered major contenders and all four of them fought their way through the tournament. So that was my favorite moment was just the energy and electricity of that final four where it's like, there's not a, despite the fact that you, as, as John took us through before, if you look at UConn's games, they were, you know, by Dumb. far the team that was running through and dominating, but even so there's not your, there's not really like a traditional blue blood from recent memory no UNC, there's no Duke, there's no Kansas, there's no Kentucky. That's Gonzag is out. Like I said, Purdue's out. Like everybody, it's like suddenly you're looking around, like, man, we haven't seen some of these teams here in a while, and some of them ever. So that was really cool for me to see that and see, as we've talked about all year, the word of the year is parody. The parody in college basketball was so exciting to watch. A big win for those FAU owls. Oh, really? Why? Wow. The biggest of the program. Look who is at number seven right now. 96-95. One of the best games I've seen. Trey Day, take us away with your sports moment of the year and wrap us up on our categories. So for me, the sports moment of the year, uh, it was LeBron breaking Kareem's record. 
to watch that moment after watching LeBron's entire career was just I, I I literally got chills watching like watching Kareem come out just because that's one of my favorite sports like figures just as a person and what he means to basketball what he's meant to society what he's just meant to culture and then watching LeBron basically take that torch on watching him do the whole kind of photo op thing after like for me I guess background is of course I am a Lakers fan first off I'm a Cavs fan second I grew up between LA and Cleveland going back and forth growing up all my life so those are my two favorite teams so I've literally watched <laughs> something crazy like 85 90 percent LeBron James games all the way back to when LeBron was at St. Vincent St. Mary's Vincent, watching him back then so to watch all of that going in our wildest imagination you're like if this dude can go out there, maybe get a championship or MVP or two, then that lives to the hype. But to see him go out and get the scoring record, which nobody thought he would get, and him not even, you know, he says it himself all the time, he's not a score first person. So if that's not even his first thing in his DNA, but that it just, I remember right after it happened, they immediately cut to some Nike commercial and it like I got chilled, like watching Nike commercials show like the whole path. And I don't feel like anybody like, if you are, whether you like LeBron or not, if you're a basketball fan and you really are a fan of the game and you've watched that growth, it's still just something amazing to watch somebody just grow, literally from that to become mm-hmm. immortal, essentially. So for me, that's a moment of 2023 I won't forget. That's a moment in NBA history. I'll never forget and always remember that night. And I think the biggest thing is, look, people don't look at – Fucking hard record to break. Yeah, I mean that's they keep they shit on LeBron, they shit on him, you know, whatever it may be you want to shit on him about. That's hard. And to do it consistently over 20 years, man, there's not you can't not give the guy props. And then I think he's like top five in rebounds, top five in assists, top five in like free throw percentage or not free throw percentage, maybe field goal percentage or whatever. But but he's top five in a lot of other categories. Still working. So look, the guy at 25 and five is a rookie. And and here's what I think people need to start doing again, to put some respect on the man's name. Anytime someone brings up the point about let's debate best ever, or, or is it, you know, top three or there's, 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 it's LeBron and and MJ. If you're going to have a debate, it's the two of them and look at both of their rookie tapes. And LeBron's one is it'll it'll kind of make you want to make that decision right there because he was an 18 year old playing like a 28 year old man like right away it was yeah. just, I'm dominating the court and a lot of people said he can come in his junior year and could have done the same thing off his junior year not even playing his senior year in high school which is mm-hmm. credit to the man for not only living up to the hype because I think that's the hardest part the hardest mm-hmm. part is living up to the hype and the expectations that. I mean, the guy donned every cover, especially Sports Illustrated. He's coming in with a damn crown on his head. Can you imagine the targets on his back? And that's when the NBA let hard fouls be. So you know people were trying to kill this mofo as a rookie, and they did. They fouled him hard, and he played when they could catch him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he was out in front of a lot of the guys. So, so many. Those, those are the wrong side of the rim. It's like, oh, my God, don't hit the rim with your head, son. <laughs> Well, those are our single squad inaugural awards. Let us know mm-hmm. what you think for each category. Um, see what we think. If you agree with us, let us know. If you don't, let us know who yours is. Really, Pistons, 27 consecutive games. You're going to set the NBA record for most consecutive losses after starting 2-1. and one. I'm not upset for you. I'm upset for me, to be honest, because 
I said near the beginning of the season that this was your year to step up and you're making me look like a fool. Really? Like you could go 500 and be like, oh, look, they're at least better. I could at least cover my ass and say that uh, they got better. They improved. They stepped up. They had some young. No, no, you're just absolutely awful. And now I look like an idiot. And I've already admitted on here that I'm the one that watches the NBA the least. So now no one's ever going to believe anything I say about the NBA. And it's all your fault. Let's get to our signature, of course, in Stump the Squad. All right, boys and girls and all you crazy people out there. It's our favorite time in the show. It is Stump the Squad. This is when we ask each other a series of questions to see who we can stump. If you get it right, you get plus two. If you get it wrong, you get minus two. We know it all, so sometimes we just mess with you guys to make you feel like we don't. Hey, we got to keep it fun, right? But here's the deal. The person who has the most wins at show 100 gets crowned king of the stump or king of the stump the squad. Whatever you guys want to phrase it at, I kind of like king of the stump because that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get my crown on and win that stump the squad. 100 show is where we're going to do it. So you guys got to stay tuned up until then. But let's take it away, boys. Yeah, boy, it's getting closer and closer to that 100th episode. And will these gentlemen here be able to catch the one... The only leader of Stump the Squad right now. Who? Who could it be? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Yeah, get on with it. Yeah. All right. So, you guys, hey, I'll tell you what. I put a futures bet. Come on, Shay. Put that down. We're not talking about that. Right now. Come on. Different crowd. <laughs> you guys put a futures bet out there against me. It's plus 1,500 if I'm going to lose this or not. So, if you want to go at the field, take the field. But if you want to take me, you're not going to win that much money right now because I'm the heavy favorite. But... Mikey, I kind of have a feeling this week. I don't know why. Last week, I saw you be a little burnt that you couldn't get that W. I'm feeling Mikey might end up taking it from us this week. So I'm going to let him start off just so he doesn't get an early jump on everybody. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So we talk about awards this week and the college football playoffs. So I decided to kind of meld the two. How many winners of the Ray Guy Award, which for those that don't know, the Ray Guy Award is? College football punter of the year. Mm. How many winners of the Ray Guy Award for college football punter of the year are currently in the NFL? Mm. Is it one, two, four, or six? Two. I was going two. Okay, so Jamie and Trey say two. John says four. Oh, he stumped us. Look at that face. This week, I have successfully stumped Jamie and Trey. Woo! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Currently, four punters. Screw them okay. Screw the other two mofos that won the award. <laughs> so, because of this, I'm going to put John up next to try to curb the momentum. So, mine is about the college football playoff in Alabama. Prior to this year, has made the college football playoff seven out of the nine times it's been active. Mm-hmm. How many points in total in the semis, semifinals, not the finals, did they score total? Total, total points. There's seven appearances. Correct. 250, 224, 220, or 275? 224. Yeah, 224. That was my lean, but now I'm not going there. 250. 250, 224, 220, and 275. 
220. Okay. Mike? Well, originally, I was originally saying 224, but now I'm second guessing myself. Dun, 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 dun. 250. Mike says 250. Today, I, had six, it, Mikey. today I, I successfully stumped Mike and Trey. Jamie is right. It's 224. Ah, I should have stuck with my gun. You should, I was going to stuck with your gun. Like, what going you got, bro? So, Jamie at zero. And Trey at minus four. Oh, and shout out to my, my lovely wife for the Yankees yeah. all-time. Great poster back there. And oh, the uh, my mom for the plaque back there. Birdie. Two blocks right here. Adding some new memorabilia every week. Yeah, you need to go. You got a wider <laughs> angle on that line. Wider shot. Wider shot. <laughs> I was just going to get a 360 camera because I got memorabilia all over the place. So, yeah, um, Mr. Victory, go ahead and take your take your rise. All right. So, we're going to go on to the gridiron here, gentlemen. And I want you guys to tell me which quarterback has the most games in a single season with a rushing and a throwing touchdown. So it's games that they have both of those stats. How many games in a single season? Okay, so which quarterback has the most games in a single season with a rushing and throwing touchdown in a game throughout that season, right? So the total amount of games he's had it for. Is it Michael Vick? Is it Jalen Hurts? Is it Josh Allen? Or is it Lamar Jackson? Josh Allen. How many did he have? Could you repeat the question? Which one of these players has the most games in any single season where he had a throwing and rushing touchdown in a game? So how many games have he had both? Which one of these players, right, in a single season has the most games in a single season with at least one throwing and one rushing touchdown throughout that season? So how many games did he have at least one throwing and one rushing touchdown? Jalen Hurts. Michael Vick, Jalen Hurts. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Jalen, Jalen Hurts. Trey? Josh Allen. Gentlemen, I have successfully stumped John. Josh Allen, this weekend, just passed, became the first player to get to 11 games in a single season, and he might make that go up to 12 and 13 by the time the season's over with a rushing and a scoring touchdown. Homeboy's up to 40 total touchdowns this season, and nobody realizes that he's kind of inching his way up there. Come yeah, no, same with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts at 35 and 18. This is the most I've seen. He for, set the uh, most for uh, most rushing touchdowns, right? Most rushing touchdowns this year. And for, for uh, I feel bad for DeAndre Swift, man. <laughs> that motherfucker gets to the one. That's what Kelsey said on his pocket. He's like, I keep telling DeAndre to go down at the three or four so, <laughs> he, can get his, so he can get a rushing touch. He did. If you think about Jalen's, most of his rushing touchdowns have been the touch push at the mm-hmm. one. DeAndre Swift would have like 15 or 16 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. Now. Every time I've had him on my fantasy, I'm like, God damn it. I know I know it's coming. So so, cool. um, so, so Trey, you're up, right? Yes, yeah. sir. Okay, so we have our scores at a three-way tie for zero and trade day at minus two. So trade day needs all you need to stump the squad. Yeah. And you do it. Okay, so we're gonna take this to softball. 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 Yeah, we go First of all, you're disqualified. Sorry, can't ask the question. Let's go to a tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. <laughs> I have a tiebreaker. I have a tiebreaker. It also involves softball. <laughs> if I do lose this, I already have a tiebreaker prep. I have a tiebreaker, and I'll probably still get it wrong. Okay, so we talk about 2023. We talk about domination. 
2023, Oklahoma softball has won their third straight title. They broke the record for most consecutive wins. What college previously held that record for most consecutive wins? Mm-hmm. UCLA, Florida State, Texas, or Arizona? Arizona. Jay's going to Arizona. It's between UCLA and Arizona. I'm going to go UCLA. John's going UCLA. See, we always talk about how good Pac-12 softball is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I have a feeling. I have – it's just one of those occasions where Mike gets that weird feeling where that's too obvious, and you'd think it's a Pac-12 team, but it's not. I'm going to go with my gut like I didn't earlier. I'm going to say Florida State. Overthinking. Okay, so we got Florida State for Mike. We got what UCLA for John. Yep. And we got Arizona. what Arizona for Jamie. There mm-hmm. may be a winner. Well, I only have one winner here. It ain't me. So Texas Someone got is it right. not the answer. Okay. Unfortunately, this week's winner is not John. You're eliminated. Jamie is not eliminated. What? Jamie is the winner. It is Arizona. Put the crown on, ladies and gentlemen. That was a terrible way to give away the answer. That was terrible. Man. I couldn't understand. Yeah. I got confused. On, Woo! I, thought he, I thought he said Jamie was eliminated. I got real excited for a second. Me too. I was like, I wouldn't care. I said it so equivocally. I thought you guys are going to jump on board. Like I, well, I knew the answer. Who's that. second? Who's, is it, didn't UCLA have a run? I knew well, Arizona was good. I just I said had a run for a while. Had this, last two fluke oh, seasons. Last game, I got you. It was the last thing. So yeah, damn. Everybody man, up I... there, every all four of them have had runs. Mm. All four of them at some point. Yeah. I just streakless. John, so, you are officially eliminated, buddy. No, 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 no. I'm not. How? Be- because I can still win eight in a row, and ca- he can tie you now. He's a, he's. Oh, okay. I can I can tie I'm you. I'm not eliminated. I thought you were eliminated. Okay, you can. So this week's winner is Grandpa Jay. With his tenth victory, Trey Day with five, Mike with three, and me with. I thought two. I had ten already. Isn't that eleven? No, you I had, had nine. Nine, nine. Nine last week. I you were right in front of me when I changed the answers last talking week. Talking about Willis. <laughs> <laughs> so Grandpa Jay's our winner. Fucking fortunately, you're not getting a ring. <laughs> I want a crown, bro. A ring. Well, I'm gonna tilt it sideways for one show. I'm gonna wear that. Yeah, the back for one show. I'm gonna put it on every damn time we play something. Squad, so excited. (laughs) I I, I was happy because he said John's eliminated, and I thought he said Jamie's eliminated. Yeah, so did I. Mike Mike was one at this point. I thought Mike won, and I was like. Damn it. Nope. I was I, from the time I, you started asking the question, I'm like, please make them not want to choose the same answer as me. <laughs> I had a time break too. All right, fellas. So Grandpa Jay, you're one game away from eliminating me. And then if we do t- if I do end up going on a streak, which it won't happen, um <laughs> we have to figure out a way to, to do a, a tiebreaker. So um we're getting closer, guys. We're on episode 91. Got nine episodes left. Damn, we're almost at 100. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's a crazy thing. So we got a lot of good football on this weekend, a lot of good matchups. There's The NFL is such a toss-up right now, guys, for a lot of divisions like the NFC South, the AFC West. I would say the NFC East, but it's between two teams. You know, we got a lot of good teams still playing. Um, like Trey Day alluded to in his 
Um, in his rant, not really sure what the Broncos are doing other than tanking their season, which doesn't make any sense. I thought you played. You play to win the game. Herm Edwards. So, <laughs> so any final thoughts before we head into the weekend? Yeah, nobody want to play the Rams and Bills, so good luck. All right. And we're getting closer to that Rams and Lions first round. Well, I, I, Lions I want it Dallas so bad. Oh, my God. That would be so awesome mm-hmm. <laughs> for the Rams. After Matthew Stafford has to go back to Detroit. Um, good luck to Michigan. Good luck to Washington. Good luck to Texas. <laughs> no, no, no. Not good luck to them. No. No. For what they did to my Irish years ago. More they, died hard. No. We mean multiple times over the last 20 years i don't care about 20 years i just care about the one national championship yeah they can go they can go to hell well you know you had your linebacker dating uh, mrs invincible (laughs) hey whatever it takes to get inspiration he got into a fight with her the night before the game i know i know like like she wasn't even she acted like she wasn't even there just ignoring him I do feel bad. I'm not going to You know, guys, like we always say, big drinking weekend. Please be smart. Call yourself yes, please, a Lyft. Yes. Call yourself an Uber. Do or not stay make home. a choice to put those keys in the ignition or press that button. Take your ass home and leave your car where it is so you can wake up in the morning without feeling somebody tickling your booty hole. <laughs> mm-hmm. Always good. Jamie, you, you, J- Jamie you, you seem to be speaking of – by experience. Your experience. Not the ten thousand dollar fine. That is what you have to wear. Yeah. Who wants to start that? You Nobody ever bail me, but I bail some of my homies. Two thousand twenty-four off that way. Oh, this show's going off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please, or just stay home, host a party, and have everyone sleep on the floor drunk. Yes. Who cares? I mean, that's probably I'll probably be doing on New Year's Sleep-over. Eve, fellas. Congratulations on this year. We've done yes. amazing things. We have a lot in store. For 2024, very excited. Um, I'm going to be heading to the Florida Everblades to end the year ECHL nice. hockey team for the Florida Panthers. Um, looking forward to that opportunity. And then, Jamie, didn't let you know, but Florida Gators are allowing us to come to the game, not against Kentucky, not against Kentucky, not against Kentucky because they sold out with their media section. But um, So we have a lot of opportunities, a lot of things going on. We're going to have a lot more guests on the show. Really thankful for the for you guys this year. Yes, we've done a lot of great things, and uh, we'll see you here next year on episode ninety two. See you guys next week. Subscribe out. Bye everybody. Happy New Year.